Hey everyone, and welcome to episode two of Cass and Bucky's Pivoting Adventures for Business. I'm Cass. Today we're going to hear about Bucky's transition into his MBA program and the networking tricks he used to help him along the way. Hello, hello, hello. Hey Cass, how you doing? Doing swell. Uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Cass and Bucky's Pivoting Adventures for Business. I'm going to be your host today, Cass, and we're going to kind of go over uh, some pivoting that Bucky did for his uh, his career and the things that uh, and all of his goals. <laughs> Looking forward to it, and I'm glad we got the name of the podcast right in the second episode. I know, right? Uh, we're le- it's already an improvement right now. Yep, just leveling up. Even even on these podcasts. So, Bucky, you made a pretty big decision uh, with your career. Tell us, tell us what you did. Yep. So, in the past three to four months, I've been in the process of applying for MBA school, and now I am going to an MBA school. And a lot of that came out of looking at where I was in my career and wanting to see where I wanted to go in the future. I always grew up as a little kid wanting to be the the next astronaut or be the next person to cure cancer. And I realized in college that was like definitely not going to be me. Somebody else is going to be better at solving these things. But I was very good at enabling other people. So I went into tech services at a high tech company on the West Coast. I loved it. had a very good time. And while I was there, I realized one of the things that I had a gap in in my I'd say experiential learning or my understanding of how a business operates is just the management background that I did not get in my engineering degree in my undergraduate. So I talked with a lot of folks that I work with and I said, what do you think is the best way to do this? Should I do training, mentorship or something else? And most of them recommended to go get an MBA. So I, I applied with the help of my company and now I am here at an MBA school on the East Coast and I'm really just here to level up. And so now I have a lot of different things I need to experience in my career here in terms, mostly in terms of networking and how to make sure I get the the most information possible out of my connections with people. Yeah. I think, I think you bring up a good point too, um, that I is really interesting because uh, a lot of people with technical backgrounds don't actually consider the business side of, of education which I think is, is really interesting. And I think that is a reflection on kind of what your career goals should be and you should be aware of them. So, I mean, you kind of explained it, but what was, what was your, what would you say like your number one reason for going and getting an MBA would be? Yeah, I, I think it goes back a little bit to what I said, but I can definitely hash that out. For me, the main thing was I just didn't have a good understanding of the theoretical side of management, but also understanding how other people work. I'd only worked at one company since I graduated from undergraduate, been there about Mm. five, six years. And now coming out, I realized many different ways to not only manage, but also leading people, leading technical teams. The way my company worked was um, obviously very uh, singular in the way that they operated. Now that I see different people within my programs and the way that they operated as either engineers or engineering managers, I'm able to gain maybe 10 or 20 times the amount of insight into how I can be a good manager, a good leader within a technology company. Yeah. And so you mentioned 
what was super interesting I mean, from what you just said there is that you mentioned having only worked at one company. Do you, do you think in your experience and now that you're outside of that, you're, you're networking already with people coming from all different types of backgrounds. Do you think that's a limiting factor? If you, if you only have experience with one particular company, uh, do you think that that is kind of a, a roadblock for you to one, help you pivot into whatever your career goals may be. And second, um, just pivoting in general, like, is it harder to find the next thing if all you can present on your resume, let's say, is experience in one avenue of, of tech or business? That's a great, that's a great question, Cass. And I think I'm going to do it as a pro and a con now, now that I've been able to see both sides on the pro side, I, I understand my business and my business model at a very deep level. I've been across multiple departments. I've interacted with basically anyone that touches the customer. So I understand all aspects of what our technology was supposed to do for the customer. And I also worked in the back office. So I know how it was manufactured. I knew how the supply chain operated. And I understood how different aspects of the business, like let's say HR or legal, did their portions of the job to help us make great products. What I will say as a con is, only knowing one business mindset, when I go through, uh, let's say, case studies, or I'm trying to understand how a different business operates, almost all of the ways that I see that business run stem from my one core business model. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, when I look at the other students that are doing my MBA program as well, some of them, like true millennials, have never had a job for more than maybe 18 months. So they've maybe rotated jobs every 12 to 15, 16 months, and they've had maybe four or five of them over over their career since they graduated undergraduate. And what I see with them is they have a very good understanding of how to see many different aspects of how to create a business model behind a product. But one of the things I see them lack is they're sometimes not able to go into the detail that I am. So they can do a high level synopsis of how to change something within a business model but they aren't able to get into the weeds and clearly see that there might be issues if you stay at a high level. Wow. That's great. I, man, this is a, this all that's whole answer and topic, kind of a a side note to what we really want to get into here, but I think it's, it's a super interesting topic and one that we should touch on later on um, the difference between having less experience and, and experience in multiple different, different ways, kind of more pivot, more specific, having really good experience at one thing and maybe a broader experience over several different things, I think is really interesting. But today, I really want to get into the process that you went through in order to get to grad school. Um, I, it's a, you've told me a little bit about it before. I think it's a super interesting and, and very motivational type experience. Um, and it's very different than uh, what most people do when they apply for a new job, apply for grad school or apply for anything really in general. Mm-hmm. So do Is you a question that's going to come with that cast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that I was hoping that, you know, just based on what I said there, you would provide a little bit of, um, of, uh, feedback on that. But I guess my, my question is, is what are the, what are kind of give us a brief synopsis of, of the things that you did to apply for grad school beyond 
the the typical i i did the gre i had re- letters of recommendation i filled out the uh, filled out the application form etc 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 what are what are the additional things that you did yeah um for those of you that don't know Cass and i are doing this he he's on the west coast i'm on the east coast we're doing this through the app so when he doesn't prompt me with a question i'm not there looking at him giving me like a billboard of like what to answer so i like <laughs> it to be specific um going to your question though as i went through the application applying for grad school is not like applying on like let's say indeed.com where you can fill out a whole bunch of uh, surveys really quick you attach a cover letter and maybe ten thousand people apply to a job at like let's say tesla when you're applying to grad school every single application is going to get read. So you know you need to have a good GRA or GMAT. You know you need to have letters of recommendation. You know you need to do the resumes well. You need to do um, maybe introduction essays well. But what I focused on when I was going in is how do I make sure that the people that are involved in my application process are the right ones. So as I was going through the process, I already knew uh, the one school that I wanted to go to, but I wanted to check and make sure that I didn't have any on the side that maybe I was looking at that maybe would have been better fits. So I looked at my top five schools and I went, most schools have ambassador programs or if they don't have ambassador programs, they'll have a faculty and directory list. So you can go troll through, let's say all of the professors you're going to have. You can look at everybody within the admissions team on their sites. You can look at the directors uh, or deans of those schools And you can reach out to them and say, I'd really like to go to your school for this program. Can I please get like 15 minutes of your time? And within 15 minutes, you can typically engage with somebody at a, A, they remember you if you have a good interaction and you're very positive about the school, but also they'll recommend you to someone else. So while I was applying, most of what I was doing is contacting, let's say, the manager of admissions for a school and then saying, who do you recommend I talk to based on my experience and what I want to get out of your program? How do I make sure I can contact them before I even apply? So for me, by the time I even, I only ended up applying to one school based off of the people I talked to. Um, By the time I applied, I talked to maybe 20 or 25 people within the program. So by the time I application even got set down on someone's desk everyone at that table that was reviewing the applications every single one had either talked to me or heard heard of me through someone else in the program and that allowed me to immediately go to the next round because everyone says if everyone knows of him and nobody had a particular bad interaction he'll probably be a good fit for our program so that really led into me getting an interview within one day of submitting my application yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And that's the that's the part of the story that I find invaluable, because I don't think that's something that necessarily crosses people's minds when they're applying. If like putting themselves in the shoes of those who are going to be uh, reviewing those applications and saying, hey, if everyone know, already knows who this person is, what what I mean, you essentially by contacting these people you know, get had an interview with every single one of them already by the time they even looked at your application. So they already knew they liked you when they were brought up. Everyone knew you. They didn't have to uh, talk amongst themselves of, of like, do we like this guy? Like based on his application, it just kind of pushed you forward. So how many people did you uh, actually talk to uh, for this, this whole process? 
Yeah, I think when I got down to the end of it, it was probably 20 to 25 people within the program or maybe at least associated with it. I talked to a few alumni as well. And for me, talking with so many people is really because the program that I was going into focused very heavily on the personality that you bring to the program and also who you are as a person. When I was looking at some of the other schools, they were much more focused on your accomplishments, maybe your grades, your, your GMAT or GRE. And so it, it really depends on, on where you're going. From my pivot, I had to talk to a lot of people. I think if you're pivoting into maybe um, different types of back office jobs or even managerial jobs, you don't necessarily need to talk to that many people. You maybe only need to talk to just a few within a certain department. What would you say your top three things that you did applying for grad school helped you the most? Well, one is obviously networking, but networking in a way that I touched um, everything within the department. I, all, all the different levels, which I already went into. I'd say the, the second one is getting people from my team in my life, not necessarily my work team, but people that are on my side to help me through the process. I think my resume, my essays that I wrote, you had to come up with like a couple fun facts about yourself for the program, which I, you know, I did over a bottle of wine with family and friends. Looking into many different things within the GRE itself, I, I wasn't necessarily very good at the qualitative section, so I had a couple tutors that were friends. Leveraging the people in your life allows them to not only help you, but feel a part of the process. So when I was done and I had eventually been accepted, I had to write out a bunch of thank yous to people, like maybe 10 to 20. I couldn't give you an exact number, but all those people felt success in me getting in and they view it as them helping me get get in. So at the end of the day, I'm not only going to this program, there's now 10 or 20 people that are more connected to me in my life because I also got in. And then I would say the third one, I had to come up with a third one that I did is make sure I focus on the timing. And so when I applied, I was applying relatively late. So there's already a lot of scholarships that had already gone out. There's not a lot of money left on the table, which I knew I needed. And so for me, when I applied, I was talking to everybody in the program that was already there about when's the best time to be on campus so I can meet the right people. When's the best time to come so I can meet the people ahead of time. So when I actually came to do my interview, most of my class had already been accepted and they were there for an informational meeting. And I got to meet maybe 50 to 75% of my current class that weekend. And it was just one further step of solidifying with the admissions team that I was going to be a great fit for their school. You mentioned uh, getting a scholarship and a lot of them were already given out by the time you applied because you were applying late, but you still ended up managing to get a full ride. Walk me through that. How, how the heck did you get a full ride so late into the game? Yeah, I think it comes from two things. I don't actually know what happened, and I'm still too scared to ask. Maybe, maybe, when, I, maybe when I graduate, so like 100 pod, podcasts from now, we'll be at a point that I can tell you what the admissions teams truly thought. But I think it really comes down to two things. One, I knew everybody that was going to make a decision on that admissions team. So I talked a bit before about how – when my resume was probably put down or when my application was put down, everybody went, I've heard that guy's name. I had a decent interaction with him. Let's move him on to the next round. And then it was after that, does he have qualifying characteristics, which I guess I did. But what I also did while I was talking to the folks during my application or, you know, when anybody's trying to pivot, you're always trying to market yourself as 
someone that's unique or you have something special to who you are. And so for me, I went to a school on the East Coast. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. There's only, you know, 8 million of us. It's a very low percentage of people. Most of them don't, you know, want to go across country and go join a random MBA program. So I was already niche in my location, but then it was also what I did for my career. So if I'd gone to an MBA school that focused on service, like let's say there's, you know, a couple in Arizona and maybe the Ivy Leagues, I would have been normal. Whereas at my school, they never really focused on service before. So I was able to bring a very niche component to their program that they hadn't had before. And so part of my uh, funding, it comes through GRA. So I have to work for this school is helping them work on their service ops program within their department. Fantastic, man. Well, Bucky, thanks so much for sharing your story about how do you get into MBA school. For everyone listening, I hope you took a, a lot of good information that helped you guys. If you guys are planning on applying for MBA school or going back to grad school, uh, hopefully you can use some of the tips that Bucky used to uh, get into school. So thanks again. And uh, that's all we have for today's podcast. Tune in for next time.